Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Sports by the Hour podcast. Today, we're doing uh, reactions to the wild card weekend, and this is Ethan Shep, Evan Sillett, Matthew <clears throat> Schwab. And uh, the first game we're going to talk about um, is a game that we all agreed that was like the hardest one to pick, and that is the Buffalo Bills and the Houston Texans. And the home team, Houston Texans, won 22 to 19 in overtime. And uh, this was by far for me on the weekend the most exciting game to watch. Uh, you guys' thoughts on the game? Uh, to me, this looks like the Bills. The Bills played like they did in Week One. Came out with an early lead, and then were not able to put up barely any numbers in the second half. And all the props to Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins for salvaging the game. Uh, I said in my prediction for the game that it was going to come down to mostly who had the better quarterback. Um, and in the fourth quarter, Josh Allen. Josh Allen was god awful. There was a period. Uh, he didn't throw any picks. He didn't throw any picks, but he almost threw a handful. Uh, there was a period in the fourth quarter where he went, I believe, one for nine for five yards or something ridiculous like that. Um, meanwhile, Deshaun Watson brought the team back from down 16 nothing. Um, but I mean, I, if we're talking like that, this, you could say the same thing for Deshaun Watson. He didn't show up in the first half. You didn't. But he still came out, and he played fantastic in the second half, got the win. Uh, that's all that matters at the end of the day. Josh Allen had well, the— The Bills' defense doesn't get steamrolled by the Texans, and the Texans' defense studded up in the second half. If the Bills' team would have played like how they did in the first half to the second half, Sean Watson would have had the same game. Now, he broke out of the game and made the game what it was. Yeah. But I feel like you can't blame the game on Josh Allen. There's no, I can't. To, there's more no. to it. Just like with Devin Singletary only getting 76 yards on six. Uh, no. There, I'm sorry. There's uh, so Brad, much more. I, I, Josh Allen led the team on rushing. There's so sorry. much more to the game than just Josh Allen. But it's kind of like who who is the biggest player on a team, and it's the quarterback. They're the game manager. They get the ball out. They call they call the shots, um, and there if your quarterback chokes under that pressure, then you're not going to win a game. And Josh Allen clearly struggled in the fourth quarter. Um, I think this game came down to who had the start wide receiver and who did not. I mean, but who was delivering him the ball? <laughs> okay, well, when you have arguably the best receiver in the league, and then the Buffalo's receiving core is John Brown, Cole Beasley, Knox, and, like, Frank Gore going out for passes. Frank Gore's 40 years old or something like that. Ridiculous. Um, I just feel like it comes down to who has one of the best wide receivers in the league. Deshaun Watson played one of the best second halves of football uh, I've seen all year. I have to disagree with you. He, I mean, he single-handedly carried the team back. And what he did in overtime and in the fourth quarter alone was absolutely fantastic. Dak Prescott has put up multiple 24-point second-half games this season. Yeah, but Dak Prescott arguably has a more well-rounded team than Deshaun Watson. Um, Deshaun Watson's starting to DeAndre Hopkins. Kenny Stills. Fuller was out this game, so I will give it to him for being able to get it to those two. And he has Carlos Hyde, who can catch, and Duke Johnson, who can catch. Uh, Dak Prescott has Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper. He has a... He has, yeah, he has a... 
Pro Bowl running back, a Pro Bowl wide receiver. Uh, he has a Hall of Fame tight end with lots of experience, and he has a couple backups. He has a 42-year-old tight end going out for passes. Who you supported at the start of the year. I did, but he has shown that he is no more than a leader and there for chemistry this season. Um, Deshaun Watson is throwing to Kenny Stills, who was a big trade prospect this season. And got the trade, got a big trade to the Dolphins for them. For, they got they traded a lot for to him for the Dolphins. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, as I said, is arguably the best wide receiver in the league. If you throw it to him, he's catching it ninety five percent of the time. Last last season, he went without a drop till the postseason. He, I don't think he had a drop last season. He didn't have a drop in yeah. the postseason either. Okay, well that just proves that just, <laughs> that just proves my point. I feel like. Although yes, Josh Allen had a few had a few just ducks thrown, but at the same time, it's not his fault. This game ended up the way it did. I think watching the fourth quarter, um, that game could have been over a lot quicker. It, it didn't even need to go into overtime. I think the Texans dropped like three interceptions, and one of them was an easy pick was, six. Yeah, one of them was, an, was zero interceptions. I know they dropped. They dropped three interceptions, and one of them was an easy pick six. All that was in front of. Uh, I forget who it was. Um, I just remember all that was in front of him was green. I mean, there I, wasn't I a hate, single I Bills hate to player. Be this kind of person, but it's also uh, shoulda, coulda, woulda. They didn't catch any of that. Yeah. that's part of the game. So I feel like it's not. You, I can't physically see it on Josh Allen's stat sheet. Although I saw it on the game. If we're going off of stats here, Josh Allen had an okay game. He he got three hundred yards total, a little over three hundred yards total yards. I don't. I don't think it's fair to blame this game on Josh Allen. I'm not. I'm not blaming the game on Josh Allen. You said. You said he. Ch- he had one of the worst second halves you've ever seen, and you ch- and he choked. I, he did so choke. You're blaming it on him. I'm blaming it on the team. But if we're pointing out one specific player on that team that just kind of threw it, Josh Allen in the second half was abysmal. I mean, I felt like I was watching Sam Darnold against the Patriots all over again. It was overthrows, underthrows. Nothing was on target. Nothing was hitting for him. In the fourth quarter, he completed, I think it was like, it was something ridiculous, like four passes in the fourth quarter. I mean, he was god-awful. He couldn't do anything. Yeah, in the yards. Yeah. That's how we used to make sure. Yeah. So, my, my thoughts on this game... Was um, the big key player? Uh, the the best performance I saw was Devil Devin Singletary. Uh, he only had fifty eight rushing yards on thirteen carries, but that comes out to an average of four point five yards. And especially in the second half, when Schwab said they went in the they went into the second half with a thirteen nothing lead, and then they scored first and made it sixteen nothing. They should have been feeding him the ball and running the clock when they had a two possession lead, and they didn't do that. Um, he also led the team in receiving yards on six receptions for 76 yards, an average of 12.7 yards. So every time the man touched the ball, he averaged around uh, more than four yards. So if you give him to him twice, on average, you get a first down. Um, and they just shied away from that on the offensive side of the ball. Um, for the Texans, uh, like they said, DeAndre Hopkins, Evan, um, I've already made that clear. But he had 90 yards for six receptions uh, on his first catch. He did fumble it, and I think that's what kind of sparked him. Uh, in this game, same thing with Adam Thielen in his game. Both of them fumbled the ball on their, on their first reception and then went on to carry their offense or help carry their offense. But to Schwab's point um, on Josh Allen, 
I agree um, to the point where his QBR is a 41.6. His uh, passer rating is a 69.5. But in the second half, and my problem was, my biggest problem was not only was he missing throws into the second half because he's a rookie quarterback in his first start. Like, it's asking a lot on the road to win this game. But when you're down, they were down by three driving to tie it to send it overtime. And when he threw that lateral, Oh, that was on the awesome. side of the, on the, you need to know. I don't care what's going on. You need to know. It's 50 seconds left, or it's a minute left in the game. You're driving. You're around your own 40. You need about 10 more yards. It doesn't matter how much experience. Yeah, you, you need have. about 10 more yards. You sense. can't fumble that ball. And the lateral that he tried to pull off to the tight end, he was just lucky enough that the tight end was able to slap that out of bounds. Yeah. Um, definitely, you don't want to. You just don't want to see that. But. Other than that, uh, I think the, the really big and player I'm excited to see next year was uh, Devin Singletary. Man, brought it on the biggest stage, and I just wish they would have given the ball more. Um, also, I want to point out the uh, start of the second half kickoff when the Bills kicked it off to the Houstons, uh, and they were up 13-0, and the Texans um, kick returner called the ball and made no indication of a fair catch, did not need the ball. The only motion they made was he put his hands down to the side, which is is a sign to your blockers that you're not going to bring it out, but he didn't make a clear football sign that he wasn't going to bring the ball out, and he threw the ball in the end zone. It was a live ball. The Bills recovered for a touchdown. The ref backed off. Yeah, and the ref, yeah, when he tossed it to the ref, the ref backed off because he knew there was no sign given. And then they went in the review, and they said, in rule of common sense, which I've never heard of in the NFL, they took the touchdown away to make it from a take back to a 13-point game to a – it would have been a 19-0 back to a 13-0. That right there would have ended the game. It would have been 20-0 coming out of half. Texans would have been already in a bigger hole. And I think the NFL decided that, yeah, I think the NFL decided that they want they didn't they didn't want this game to be over coming out of halftime. And the NFL made a decision, we're not going to end this game right here. We're going to give the ball back to the Texans and we're going to let them play. And, I mean, when it comes down to it, this game went to overtime. That probably would have been the difference of the Bills advancing this week and the Texans advancing this week. Um, I'm not going to argue with the point with the lateral because I saw that and I was not happy with it. Not even going to argue that point. But on the QBR, neither of them had great QBRs. Oh, no. I think, well, I, Watson had a terrible first half, like you said. Yeah. Um, but Watson made the big play in overtime. Yeah, that double that, spin that move. That double spin move. To, didn't that get them in overtime? Or was that, was that the no, That was in overtime. Field, overtime. That was the pass to the running Got back. Down and then the three-yard line. Yeah, and then that was the game. So biggest play of the of the playoffs so far was that, yeah. was that play by Deshaun Watson. So, like Schwab said, it's going to come out the quarterback play, and both had bad games, but one came through in the clutch, and one threw the ball over his head. And that's <laughs> just really what it came down to. Um, one thing I want to talk about is total yards. Buffalo Bills, 425, to the Houston's 360. You really going back to Houston? Dude, it, don't, it doesn't matter. First downs, <laughs> Buffalo Bills, they had 24 to the, to the Houston's 19. I mean, Josh Allen, I mean, like, in the first half, like, he went and he caught the ball on, like, the uh, Philly special. I remember Schwab was going crazy oh, when yeah. it happened. Um, oh, yeah. He played, in the first half, he played a great game. Oh, yeah, I mean, no, it's no still, it, this still was a rookie quarterback's first start. Well, second, but, second year quarterback, no, yeah. Yeah, but first start at, yeah, yeah. first start in the playoffs. First start as a playoff. and Rookie playoff. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he just, in the second half, and especially the fourth quarter and the last few minutes, he just kind of lost a little bit. But... Yeah. No, the first half. The first half. Both teams played very bad, and yeah. that's why it was. I mean, I don't know if that's why it's so exciting because it was close the whole entire time. So, or the whole second half, not the first half. Yeah, I think I think everybody knew that it was going to be a clutch, like a like a close game. That was I. That was the most enjoyable game by far for me. Yeah, by any other game. 
I was the most excited for the Saints Vikings game, but this was the most exciting game. Uh, yeah. Saints Vikings. We'll get to that. <laughs> Saints Saints Vikings was a different breed. Are you ready to move on? Um. Yeah, I just for me, I don't think it, this is Josh Allen. All of Josh Allen's fault. I also want to build on what Shap said with the coaching. I think they should have given it to like Singletary. Singletary. Singletary was a monster this whole game. He was, because he was a hot hand. If, I'm Josh a, Allen if we're looking at this, I could add Frank Gore and Devin Singletary's yards, and they still wouldn't equal Josh Allen's. Yeah. I mean, if it would be close, they'd be a 20-yard gap. He only had 13 gap. carries. Yeah. He only had 13 carries. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying yeah. to argue your point. I'm just trying to say that I don't see how you can't do that. And the fact that you're a quarterback, he's not Lamar. He shouldn't be leading your team in rushing. You have Devin Singletary and Frank Gore to punch it up the gut for the one yard that you need. And I especially Devin Singletary this. in the end of the season has been electric. Yeah. And in this oh, game, yeah. he's averaging 4.5 on the ground and 12.7 in the passing game, given the ball. Yep. Yeah. He was playing amazing. And then in the second half, they just shied away from it. And I, and I don't know why they did that. Like you said, they don't really have amazing wide receivers. So I just – they have John Brown and uh, Cole Beasley. Oh, so, um, one last thing before we move on. I want to talk about J.J. Watt coming off an injury. Played exceptional on his pressures. Oh, yeah. Pressures and a, and a sack. Or, did he get one sack? Yeah, no, he definitely he, had a sack. He got yeah. a sack. I, I know he had at least one sack, and he was great on the pressure. So, I want to – that was a great plan on him. He definitely brought life back to that Texans D that has been struggling all season. There were plays where he threw Josh Allen around like a rag doll. The next thing we're going to talk about is the big upset of the weekend, and it's the Vikings beating the Saints 26-20 in New Orleans. Um, Who wants to start this one? I'll go. All right. Um, I was watching this game uh, while I was at a work party, and uh, we all placed bets, and uh, all of us except for two people bet on the Saints. So there were were a few bucks lost in this game. I think that the biggest, well, the biggest step that stands out to me is that the Saints that day had two turnovers in a season in which they had an NFL record low, I believe, seven. Uh, I, I I kept on seeing that stat. Um, uh, Drew Brees. I don't know what it is with Drew Brees, but I I don't know. I don't I don't see it in him in the playoffs anymore. Like Drew Brees, Drew Brees is known for being like that guy that you can rely on but in the playoffs recently you haven't been able to rely on him he's he hasn't been able to get over the hump in the wild card game and uh, it's it's shown uh this game he only had 208 yards one touchdown one interception 26 for 33 yeah. though yeah 26 for 33 he's still he's still accurate for 31 yards yeah he's still accurate he's troopers he's the most accurate passer to ever play um but he also had a fumble uh quarterback rating of 90.4 um, 6.3 yards per uh, attempt. He had a rating of 90.4 QBR. Yeah. 51.8. Yeah. Um, Kirk Cousins actually uh, had a very good game uh, in prime time, which I think nobody I, – I don't think a lot of people expected because Kirk Cousins in prime time uh, only has one Monday night win uh, and in his career, and he's never been – seen as like the big stage quarterback. This was his first playoff the, win. This was his first playoff win. Uh he finished the day with nineteen for thirty one, two hundred forty two yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, uh passer rating of ninety six point four and a QBR of uh seventy six point one. 
Dalvin Cook also had a huge day. Uh, not not really in the yardage department. Uh, he didn't break a th- he didn't break a hundred on the day. Uh, he was just shy with ninety four yards on twenty uh twenty eight carries. Uh, averaging three point four yards a carry, but he also had two touchdowns. Um, I can get by the low average per carry, um, because it kind of showed that he he made the most of his opportunities. He he would get stopped, but he was able to, you know, crack the crack the pylon, uh, get into the end zone. Um, as Ethan mentioned earlier, Adam Thielen fumbled on his first reception of the game, and that was that was pretty big. Uh, even though they did get it back, um, it led it to a Saints field goal. Oh yeah, no, that, yeah, no, my bad. I was reading the wrong thing. Uh, Hopkins and them both yeah, cost a goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, Michael Thomas uh, actually got relatively shut down this game uh he he had a relatively mellow game compared to what he's had over the course of the year seven receptions for 70 yards no touchdowns which is probably one of his lesser performances Taysom Hill also um hit the record books became the first player uh to have 50 pass yards uh 25 rush yards and 25 receiving yards in a single game um well in a single playoff game um, and I think that's kind of like a good sign for the Saints that once Drew Brees does, does retire, they do have a gadget player who can play the quarterback position, uh, and he can make good throws. He does have a good arm, um, but he can also run outside and, you know, beat people to the edge if he needs to scramble. And he's also, well, a gadget player. You can use him in trick plays and, uh, catch defense off guard. So I think it's good to see that they're trying to utilize Taysom Hill even more, um, other than that, Adam Thielen, besides the fumble, had a good game other than not reaching the end zone. Seven receptions, 129 yards, no touchdowns. Um, I was I was really surprised more or less by the Saints offense. I wasn't I wasn't too surprised by the Saints defense giving up twenty six because I know Minnesota's offense and they're high powered. They they can they can pound it all over you. Uh, if they if they want to score through the air, they can score through the air. If they want to score on the run, they can score on the run. Um, so I wasn't really surprised with their defense uh, giving up 26 to Minnesota. I was just surprised with their offense not being able to put up more against Minnesota's defense. Uh, that was kind of my take on the game. Uh, I definitely agree, but I also want to talk on the Minnesota defense. I, to me, the player of the game is either Adam Thielen or Daniel Hunter. Number 99 Daniel, on the Vikings. Daniel Hunter is very good. Uh, he had five combined sacks, three three assisted. He had 1.5 sacks. I'm sorry, five tackles, three three assists, 1.5 sacks, and a forced fumble. Yeah, and yeah. that is ridiculous. And I, I don't know his exact pressures, but I would assume it's above five. Yeah, don't get don't make don't get me wrong. I know Minnesota's defense is very good. I, I've said it over the course of the year that. Uh, outside of coaching and their quarterback position, they could very well be the most well-rounded team in the entire NFL, uh, talent-wise. But the Saints' offense this year has just been that that explosive. I personally think the Vikings had a guy for every single part of the field, and they that's did. why they shut them down. They because did. they had Daniel Hunter to get in the face and stop the run. Yeah. They had Xavier Rhodes to go in the Michael Thomas, and Mike, Xavier Rhodes is nowhere near Michael Thomas' skill, but he can definitely contain him. Yeah. Can't um, stop him. You can just contain him. Harrison Smith, 
he's a stud safety. I mean, he's a pro bowler. Can't argue with that. So he's able to guard the long ball. Yeah. So it stops Drew Brees from doing what he loves to do. Yeah. Which is those long 30 to 40 yard passes. Hey, Taysom Hill. Yeah, Taysom Hill. 50-yard bomb. <laughs> he is a 50. Multi-use tool right there. Taysom Hill. You go, man. Uh, the legend. I don't know. If if I'm a Saints here, do you just keep him as a multi-use tool and you play him wh- wherever you need him to play? Well, Or he's... do you try to develop his skills as a quarterback because... Well, Drew Brees only has so much time left. Well, yeah. I, I just... Yeah. Do you develop his skills as a quarterback or do you, you can keep him. him as this tool that you can use wherever you need, whenever you need? Because well, you... once you commit to him as your quarterback, you can't not have him be quarterback. Well, it's weird. We don't... The NFL do, ha, doesn't really see these multi-position players uh, with the athleticism of Taysom Hill because he is athletic. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no doubting that. Uh, the NFL last saw like these multi-use players, play, guys that would play the quarterback position, the running back, and the receiver position. They have a, that that hasn't been around since like the '60s. And so Taysom Hill is doing something that not a lot of defense has seen in a while. Um, so he can, he has the potential to be very dangerous, and I think that since Drew Brees doesn't have a lot of time left in him, uh, even though he is still playing at, a, at an exceptionally high level, um, and I do think that his regular season play is some of the best I've ever seen him have, um, he will retire soon, and I think that's when they need to, they need to make a decision on what they want to do with Taysom Hill. I think that they should develop him at quarterback because he's. He's built. He can throw. He can run. Um, I think that he's built for the quarterback position. I think that's what he wants to play. Um, and once Drew Brees retire, he'll be ready. I have to disagree with you on that. I feel if I'm the Saints, um, I would honestly try to keep Teddy. I would. I, I would I'd keep like Teddy. Teddy and keep Hill as your multi-use tool. Um, do you well, say? So I was. I was gonna wait to. The- Ask you this question after we're all done talking because I haven't even talked about the game yet. But um, Taysom Hill is on the roster. Teddy Bridgewater is a backup. Drew Brees is a backup. Both Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater are both free agents going into this year. Drew Brees is 40 years old. Teddy Bridgewater is 27 years old. Uh, they've seen Teddy Bridgewater play five games, five mm-hmm. starts five. this game, and went five and zero. And my question to you is: You've seen Drew Brees not not because of him on some situations his defenses faltered, but in the last three seasons you've had three games in the playoffs where there's been big losses. What do you guys do if you're the Saints this offseason? Who are you bringing back? Because I'm gonna say that you're gonna have to pay them both. Teddy Bridgewater teams are gonna pay for a quarterback that can step in and win five in a row. Yeah, and um, and so I don't think you bring them both back. So. What do you guys do if you're the Saints? And for Taysom Hill, my take on him, Schwab, is um, he did have a 50-yard pass, but the only reason why he had it is because they faked the handoff, yeah, they and they didn't think he could throw that far. And if he would have thrown it accurately, it would have been a touchdown. But he underthrew it. And that's why – because they had they had Harrison – that's why Harrison had, a, had just enough time to get back in coverage and make the tackle as long with – um, I think Rhodes is in coverage on that play. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Rhodes, Rhodes was trying to catch up. Yeah, Rhodes was trying to catch up, and Smith, because Rhodes bought on the play action, and it's because they didn't think he could throw the 50-yard bomb. And he re- and if it would have been a 55-yard bomb, it would have been a touchdown, but instead it was short. So do I, I think he's a great player, but I think he's so dynamic in the way they use him now as just a utility player, and they can throw him under center, and they can he can block, he can do special teams, he can do everything. If you're going to bring him back, Drew Brees or Teddy Bridgewater, I think Taysom Hill is going to be fine with whatever role you give him. I think that... 
it's kind of a tough position because Drew Brees is the best quarterback and on the team, obviously, and is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, but then there comes the question of age, and Drew Brees is 40 years old, and you're not going to get that many more years out of him. And um, you would probably get, honestly, with the way that Teddy Bridgewater played, you would probably get more trade value for Teddy Bridgewater than Drew Brees. Well, because no. because of the age, you, you won't well, be able yeah, to you trade, can't trade them. They're free agents. Well, yeah, no, not, not well. You, okay. I'm saying, who do you want to bring back? Yeah, uh, next season, who do you want to be your starting quarterback? Well, yeah. I'd I'd use Drew Brees for as long as I can. Okay, I like. Oh, you can go. I personally, Drew not Brees is a lot of cap space, and Drew, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be next to nothing. Even though he had a five game win streak, he's not going to be uh he's not going to be paid like. How Drew Brees is getting paid? He's not gonna be not paid pay like Kirk Cousins money. He's, I mean, he's just not gonna be paid like that. He's gonna be paid like a high quarterback too, no matter where he goes, because nobody's seen him play a full season yet. Um, and he, he's arguably with one of the best offenses to be a part of. I would honestly keep him because Drew Brees. Like, I think you have to plan for the future, and I don't think Drew, Teddy Bridgewater is a bad move going into the next season either. So, mm-hmm. like for future, I mean next season and seasons after. Because Breeze has maybe one or two good years left in him, and then it'll start looking like Brady on the pitch right say, now. This is kind of like Garoppolo and Brady question, but now for the Saints. And yep. I, honestly, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, if you look at it, for just like of a common sense thing, one guy is 27, one guy is 40. They both are going to win you games. Do you pick the younger one because he has 13 years on him? But at the same time, are you going to... You're, are you gonna are you gonna let your Super Bowl Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer walk away? I don't I don't know what the Saints are gonna do, but um, for my overall take on this game, um, I think I'm gonna talk about the Vikings first. I think what won in this game was like uh, Evan hinted at Hunter, but I think their D line as a whole, yeah. um, they were all over Drew Brees in the backfield. Uh, I expected Alvin Kamara to have a big game. Shut down. Seven carries, 21 yards, and he averaged, that's averaging three yards per carry. That's not good enough. And, yeah, Taysom Hill was their biggest rusher because he comes out in those, like, wildcat formations where you don't know what's really going on. Uh, also, Latavius Murray was held to 21 yards on five carries. Like, they, they didn't give the ball because they weren't getting any yards in the run game. So, um, hats off to the Vikings defense. It's what Mike Zimmer uh, prides himself on. Um, I was pretty harsh on Kirk Cousins. Uh, coming into this game on the season, I gave him his credit because of his passer rating and that he's never played like this before um, in his career. Now he was on the Redskins, but he's never even last year he did. He's never played like this. But I do think uh, they've already Schwab already read his stats. I think he played a good game. Um, I still think to, at some at some degree he gets bailed out by his offensive Adam weapons. Thielen, Stephon Diggs, uh, Rudolph. W- yeah, Dalvin Cook came back from his injury, and we didn't really know how he was going to look. Man had 28 carries for 94 yards, 3.4 yards a carry, and two touchdowns. When like when he's in the game, and he looked good on yeah. Saturday. When he's in the game, he changes their whole entire offense because they want to be a run team, and then <laughs> they want to be a run team with arguably one of the best duo wide receivers with Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, and Kyle Rudolph is no slouch either, who made the game-winning touchdown, which we'll talk about in overtime. Um, but yeah, so hats off to Kirk Evans. He made he made his one big throw. He made the deep throw to Thielen in overtime, that put him on the goal line and set him up for the win. Throw. He he put he made the throw. We've already talked about Thielen fumbling and then snapping it on. Diggs was getting emotional on the sidelines. He got it together. 
He had a big, two big first downs. Um, yeah, Thielen was getting emotional. Sorry. Yeah, nine. No, no, Diggs was too because he, he did. He only had two targets. Okay. And um, or two receptions. Uh, yeah, for 19 yards. But they both were big first downs on third down. So he came together in the second half. But um, yeah, Thielen was emotional when he fumbled. Yeah. Yeah. No, Diggs was like yelling on the sideline for the Saints. Uh, I feel like the Saints in the very beginning of the game, their offense was, like you said, not stopped but contained. And they really didn't know how to handle that. And then on the flip side, Kirk Cousins was actually effectively moving the ball. And you could see players like Marshawn Lattimore trying to fight their teammates on the sideline. And I think it just really shook the Saints as a whole that they were finding themselves 10 points down to the Vikings in their home stadium, which everyone had just taken them to win this game kind of without even thinking about it. And we've already talked about Drew Brees struggling. So, yeah, Taysom Hill was kind of a big player in this game. And Jerry Cook, he had five receptions for 54 yards, averaging 10.8. Uh, every time he got the ball, he was just fighting through defenders. He was really trying to charge this team up in the second half, and uh, they couldn't just get it going. Drew Brees had a big-time fumble and a big-time interception. Um, I also want to talk about, like, on the defensive side of the Saints, like you were saying with Marshall Lattimore and all that, Cameron Jordan did not really anything in this game, and he's been a huge part of their defense. It's all about. It's been about him getting in the backfield and then forcing the QB to do a rush pass, and then Lattimore just picking it off and just eating up. Uh, Cameron Jordan had a combined three tackles and one sack. Um, that is below mediocre, and it kind of reminded me of Aaron Donald against the Ravens, how they were able to just focus on one person on a defensive line and just shut them down. All right, so now I want to talk about the game, the play that ended the game, the the loft path, the Kyle Rudolph and one-on-one coverage in the corner, and the whole debate was it uh, offensive pass interference or not. Um, it seems not really look at it for that long. Okay, so um, honestly, sure. I'm still kind of torn because if you're a defensive player, Hold on, I have two questions for you. A, do you think it was passing offensive pass interference, and B. If you were the ref, would you throw? The, was it enough to throw the flag? Those are my two questions for you. It was offensive pass interference, but it's not enough to throw a flag. Um, <coughs> because he, here's my reasoning behind this: if you're a defensive, if you're a defensive back in that situation, the moment an offensive player puts a hand on you, especially when it's going to be for the game winner, you're gonna you're gonna go back. If you're the defensive player, you're gonna try to draw that pass interference call. So. While I do think that there was a little bit of contact and pass interference on Kyle Rudolph, I think that it was a little bit more the defensive back trying to sell it. Trying to sell it. Okay. Um, so I, it wasn't enough. I think it's. I would say yes to both. It's yes, it's a pass interference, and yes, I would throw that flag. Kyle Rudolph had a full extension. He's a tight end against a cornerback, so he's a lot bigger than the man he's going against. He had a full extended arm. Stopped the man's jump, so then he had to land and then re-jump, and was not able to get anywhere close to the ball. Uh, I think this is quite obviously a pass, an offensive pass interference. I don't think it would have. I don't think it would have changed the game, because Vikings just go out and kick a field goal to seal the deal. No, so, no, they oh. got the ball. Oh, okay. Well then, all right, that changes it up a little bit. I still think you call it. I don't see how you can't call that. It was a full extended arm. It would be a 15-yard right, penalty, redo third, right? Or second? Second. Okay. So they, they still had shots at the end zone. Yeah. Okay. I just feel like that is, on such a big stage like that, to not even 
They didn't really glimpse at yeah, no, it. They, you know, they didn't look at it at all. They like, and they, thought, they looked at it. They, there was no, like they brushed the field, and then there was an announcement that they're reviewing the play, and then like ten seconds later, okay, and then like ten seconds later, they're like, I think it was a minute, final okay. score. No, but still, it's not for me. That's like when it's such a huge game. I've seen them review a game that doesn't matter for five minutes yeah. to see if it's in bounds or not. Yeah. For me, I just felt like it was full extended arm. It's a tight end against a cornerback, so obviously it's going to look a lot. It's, it's going to look more physical because it's not a tight end against a linebacker. A tight end can't push a linebacker with a full extended arm that easily. Like that, he can't a cornerback. Um, yeah, I just don't see how you can't call it. Uh, so my opinion on this was, um, for the one, for first off, to start the play, it's a one-on-one coverage on, you see that this slight, this small, you have this small, skinny um, cornerback on Rudolph out on the sideline. It's not like it was a, he ran across the middle. He lined up on the sideline. And you have the corner on him. You the Saints should know that's a mismatch. The Saints should be moving people around to get him some help. The Saints should be sliding over. Someone should be getting him help if this you know they can throw a lob pass to the corner and Rudolph has this man beat just inside alone. Um, in my opinion, in this game, um, the big the big complaint with review is they the, the everyone's complaint is if you review something enough, you can call a flag on anything. If you if you review every single play in the game, there's there can be holding on the O line or D line. Um, no, but if, I know, I know. if you're honing in on one, I'm sorry to cut you yeah. off. No, but no, if you're honing in on one thing, no, yeah, I feel like you have to review. No, that's just the, I'm the saying that's a complaint with. They're no. saying when I saw that play with my eye, did I think it was pass interference or that? And then but they slow it down. They look okay. at everything. Well, then if we're doing it like before replays yeah. or anything, I still feel like it is because you could see the guy landed and then proposed. Oh, no, we're talking. Down. We're talking about we're talking about the replay. I'm just saying that's the that's the overall complaint with. Um, the instant replay and they're slowing down the game and everything. I understand that. So, but for me, um, in this game with Kyle Rudolph, and yes, the Saints say they got screwed by the refs and they don't want to like look at what they actually played. And Drew Brees had two big turnovers. Uh, I would not throw a flag. Um, now the question where do I think it's offensive pass interference? I mean, honestly, they're they're hand jabbing when they start into the end zone. Now, yes, Kyle Rudolph does extend the arm and then um, the cornerback tries to grab his arm and bring him in, and his hand slips off, and to me, that's just a football play in the in the corner of the end zone, and on that's, the playoffs, I'm just letting I'm just letting them play. Yeah, no, that's why I think the refs didn't call it because they're just like. I think you can only let them play to an extent. That's a full extended arm on a tight end. That there's a lot more physicality going into that than just letting them play. Because if they're playing like I've I've seen like a top wide receiver, top cornerback getting at each other, but it's not. There's no full extended arm. That's a that is like the yeah. trademark for a pass interference. Yeah, no, offensive yeah. pass interference is a full extended arm. Yeah, and everyone's saying the size thing. I mean, it's not it's not Kyle Rudolph's fault that they put a man no. seven inches. I, under I'm just saying. Like, I'm just it's saying. It's not his fault. I'm just saying yeah. it makes it more visible. Yeah. No, it's definitely definitely visible. But in my in my opinion, um, in the end of the game like that, yes, you want to have the right call. I mean, I think I think Kyle Rudolph just went and made a play on the ball and. I, I would not if I was that ref right there I would not throw that flag. If now if they go and review it and they overcall it and they overcall it in there fine well, but I would not be the ref in the corner of the end zone throwing the flag on a game changing play because everyone wants to see no, a game changing play not go back to review and let's look at this they want to see it well, happen on the field. Is that I, I wouldn't expect a, a, a sideline judge to make that call. Maybe uh, make it aware that like hey this might may have happened yeah. and then obviously it went well to every review. touchdown's reviewed and, yeah it went well, to review. After, after I, things like this but happen. I still feel like it should have been turned over on review. Yeah, well, after things like this happen, uh, especially in, like, big games, uh, when it ends on, like, a controversial call, 
they do review it after the game. And they said it wasn't. Yeah, they said that it wasn't. Yeah, they reviewed so, it. They always say they announced what they messed up it, on. Like the like, last year NFC Championship game, they said they missed it. Yeah. The pass interference. This game, they said there was no offensive pass yeah, interference. Uh, so, so clearly, clearly there was something that they saw that a lot of us are missing. I don't know. Maybe I don't know what it is, but maybe there's something that they did see that we didn't. Or the NFL just didn't want to announce they screwed the Saints over again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That, that, that too. That's a right. So next game, you guys can take this one away because you guys both had this game going the right way. Uh, the Titans, 20-13 to 13 win over the New England Patriots uh, at New England. Um, Derrick Henry. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, stats of this game. I mean, not stats. Highlights of this game is him handing the ball off. <laughs> Derrick Henry. Um, Derrick Henry went 34 carries, 182 yards. 5.4 average, one touchdown, 29 long. Um, New England defense has played really good D, D this whole season, and the D-line hasn't let up big games on running running the ball, and Derrick Henry just exposed them. Uh, and then T- Tannehill didn't have a horrible game, but it, he, didn't, he, didn't have, he wasn't a big impact on this game. He had eight completions for, on 15 attempts. 72 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, he was sacked once, and then H- and his Q- and his rating was six- 61. Uh, if it comes down to this game, what happened? Uh, Derrick Henry was able to score and get them into the red zone, and Tom Brady could not carry a dysfunctional New England team to a team to a win. Yeah. Uh, I said it in the podcast for this game. Uh, I said that New England's pass defense is the best in the NFL. There, there's no denying that. You look at their secondary, they are stacked on all cylinders. Patrick Chung did get hurt that game, though. He did. Um, but I did say that I've seen flaws in their defensive line. Um, and... and I, I don't want to say it because I made, I made the reference last time, but it is because it, it is San Francisco and it is Baltimore. But they they showed over the course of the year that they are susceptible to a larger run play. They don't give up the big run play, but they give up kind of chunks of yardage, like maybe seven or eight apiece, ten apiece. And... That's kind of what I thought was going to happen with the Patriots' defensive line and Derrick Henry. Uh, I thought that Derrick Henry was just – he wasn't going to bust out for that huge gain, uh, like every play, obviously. I thought he was going to pick him up in like five yards, seven yards, nine yards, and kind of wear down this New England defensive line. And that's that's exactly what happened. Um, great job to Mike Vrabel. Um, for kind of sticking with Derrick Henry, uh, Tannehill wasn't Tannehill wasn't working his best, but at the same time, uh, he still can get the job done. But when you have Derrick Henry, who was clearly the X factor in that game, uh, you got to stick with that, and that's what they did, and that's a good coaching job to them. I would like to retract my statement on Ryan Tannehill. He had two fumbles and an interception. <laughs> he was eight for fifteen. Uh, I didn't know, but I just looked at the stats for the fumbles, so I'm sorry about that. Well, he didn't lose you any of them. He didn't lose any of them, but he yeah. still fumbled twice and Josh Allen one interception. Twice. Um, he lost one. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't that wasn't a good game for Tannehill. I don't think that's even an okay game. Yeah. But I mean they, 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 got, a, they got the win. I mean you so can get you the really... he only had fifteen passing attempts compared to if you, if the you, forty rushing attempts they had. Yeah, yeah if you if but you I mean, stick with Tannehill if you stick with Tannehill throughout a game, like he's still gonna get the job done. Uh I don't know if he could have got it done against this New England. Yeah, no, team. yeah, no, like that's the game plan. You can't pass on them, you have to run. And that's what they did. Yeah. But I still feel like Two fumbles and an interception is not oh, yeah. good or okay in any means. So, this game went to, uh, at halftime, it was 14-13. to 13, And then there was no more scoring until the final 15 seconds of the game when Tom Brady threw a pick six to make it 20-13. to 13. But for that means for all, of those se- all the second half except the last 15 seconds, it was still 14-13. So, to me, this game, even though how crazy and how hyped up it was that Patriots might lose in the wild card weekend after blowing it to the Dolphins. Um, the whole second half was the Titans know the Patriots offense is dysfunctional and there's no real receiving threat with the banged up Edelman and Nikhil Harry not really working his way into the um, passing game yet. I don't know what's going on there with that. Uh, I have a question. Do you think yeah. it's him not being open, not making, not running the right routes, or do you believe it's a trust issue with Tom Brady and a rookie? Um... I mean, it could be a little bit of everything. He's also a rookie that's coming off an injury and didn't get to start till like week eight or ten. So, I mean, we have to look at this as like his first five weeks ever. So, I think it's asking a lot of him to go in and honestly, kind of they want him to take over the receiving game because everyone else is hurt and banged up, and you have James White and Ben Watson being your most receptions with five and three. Like, there's there's no one there to throw the ball to. Yeah. So. Except for Edelman. Yeah, and well, Edelman's hurt though. Like Edelman's banged yeah. up, and he has three receptions for thirty yards, on, and that's a ten average. Like he, Edelman's too hurt to carry it, and at, looking to Harry, and then them blaming Nikhil Harry for not making plays is just asking too much for him. But yeah. so pretty much the second half was the Titans' defense knowing the Patriots really can't score, and then the New England Patriots' defense knowing that all the Titans are going to do is run the ball. So they so they filled the box, and there was no offensive scoring for the whole second half. And then he just came down to the one-point differential in the first half, and then Tom Brady with 15 seconds left at his own that, one. That, that, pick to, six, yeah. that pick six was the best moment of the season. And the pick six ends... Um, the best moment of the season was Patriots losing the first round bye. To the Dolphins, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, no, so that ends the... Um, Back-to-back weeks. The end of the Patriots playoff run this year. Tom Brady's season ends on a pick six, and... There's a question mark to where he's going to go next. Do you guys have any... We'll talk about it definitely over the offseason a lot more. Is there any first gut reactions of what you think is going to happen next? Indianapolis or the Chargers. So you think you... you over Patriots? Indianapolis or the Chargers. Okay. Uh, I agree with the Colts. I do not agree with the Chargers. I, I, I don't know why. If I'm the Chargers, I go for somebody in the draft. Yeah. If, I'm going for, if I am going to get rid of Phil Rivers... And not give him a season to redeem Which himself and play how he has been playing his whole his whole career, up to the season. Uh, I go for somebody in draft. I I wouldn't go for Tom Brady because he's even older. You're well. You're also subbing out Philip Rivers for uh, an older version of uh, Philip Rivers. Yeah, an older version with more rings. Yeah. I just don't see the upside in that as much. With any ring. <laughs> any ring. Yeah. Um, no, I think so. My gut reaction says that he'll be back in New England, but I don't think he's. I don't think he's even made a decision yet. And I don't. Th- I think Belichick. If it was up to Belichick, he wouldn't come back to New England. Well, yeah, I know Robert Kraft. I know Robert Kraft has said uh, they're praying and he's praying that he comes back. But 
I don't think Tom Brady's made a decision yet, so I I, I don't really have a stance on it. I think just that was all the conflict uh, for me. The the big thing going for like the, the Patriots, who else are they gonna get? Um, they have Stedham as their backup and who? Stedham, and who? what's it called? Bill Belichick <laughs> really likes him. I, I think if Brady leaves, Bill Belichick would be completely fine with starting. I him. mean, everybody I, else would have been fine with Garoppolo in New England. The thing is, well, yeah, the thing is, so that's the same if, thing that's happened with the Saints. Though that's what the Saints have a decision yeah. to make right now. The Saints have a huge decision to make right now. And the only, I, the only difference is that Garoppolo. Tom Brady isn't pushing Teddy Bridgewater out in New Orleans. <laughs> Oh no, but they only—they're both contracts are up. Yeah, that's the big thing. I just feel like, uh, if Belich—for me, if Belichick believes somebody is good, you got—I gotta go with him. But I've never heard of who he is, thinks. Stedham. Stedham. Yeah, they drafted him. I, I, he played. He played like every minute of the preseason this year. I—I I, I still don't know who that okay. is. Well, I mean, he, he, he didn't play bad, so. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to yeah. say that he played bad. I'm just I've never heard of him. Yeah, he's gonna well, up for fifty touchdowns so, this year. Well, he, I, he didn't play this year, obviously. For, he's, for me, if I am Robert Kraft, I would start g- trusting my Hall of Fame, arguably the best coach to ever touch the field, more. And I feel like if they if he does that, the Patriots can rebuild their dynasty from crumbling right now. All right, and the final game we're going to talk about is the Seattle Seahawks beating the Philadelphia Eagles 17-9 to at or in Philadelphia. Um, to me, this game was uh, like the messiest and the least exciting, but that is due, duly part two. Both teams have uh, a severe amount of injuries. Um, the, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles added to another injury with, yeah, I got it, with Josh McCown having to come in for Carson Wentz in the first quarter. So when Carson Wentz makes it through his first whole season um, without getting injured, he gets injured in the first quarter of the playoffs. So that's that's a shame for him. Uh, Russell Wilson played pretty well, 18 for 30 on completions, uh, 325 yards, average of 10.8, one touchdown, zero interceptions. Um, but the big player for them was DK Metcalf. He broke a franchise a, a rookie record in the postseason, seven receptions, 160 yards, 220. Uh, yeah, no, my bad. 22.9 average yards per catch and one touchdown. He had the big catch to seal it. And I want to talk about one thing about the Eagles. Um, I love to see Josh McCown. I mean, he didn't even play bad. 18 completions out of 24 attempts, 174 yards, 73 or 7.3 average yards per carry or average yards per throw. Yeah, not bad for a 40-year-old off the bench. Um, his passer rating was 94.8. But... Um, in my opinion, in this game, it, there was about seven minutes left, and the Eagles were down 19-17. to 17. They were down by eight, and it was about at, like, their own 35, and they decided to... Or, no, they were on the Seahawks 35, and they decided to go for a fourth and five with McCown, and I thought both offenses had been pretty bad, and they ended up getting the ball back later, but they didn't go for the field goal. They went for the fourth and five. They didn't get it. They turned the ball over, and then the Seahawks ended up punting back to them. But if they would take that field goal, it takes the pressure off McCown to not only get a touchdown, but to then get a two-point conversion. If they take the field goal, they kick it, they kick it off to the Seattle Seahawks, and then they get another stop with seven minutes left. They would have, they would have got the ball back. It would have been a little bit of time left, but they would have got the ball back. They wouldn't have needed him to get a touchdown and a two-point conversion. And then when he got the ball back with a minute and 30 or two minutes left, they expected him to not only drive the whole field, but they expected him to get a touchdown and a two-point conversion. And I think it was just asking too much from... Josh McCown and yeah, forty on Josh McCown. And I know Doug Peterson is super go for it on fourth. Um, John Harbaugh. There's a lot of coaches that are now going for it on fourth. 
But when you, it's just asking a lot of Josh McCown off the bench who retired, and you guys brought him out of retirement and when the season started. Where was, wait, there was a story about him. Where was he before this game, like before the season? He, 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 was, was, he, he was on the Jets last year, retired, and then they brought him up. I don't know where he was. I, I thought he, wasn't he like coaching like a high school football team? Probably. Yeah. I swear I heard that somewhere. I mean, building onto this Josh McCown thing, uh, he gave Emmett Smith, he handed the ball off to Emmett Smith for his last rushing touchdown. That's how old he is. Uh, he threw Larry Fitzgerald's first pass <laughs> receiving touchdown, and now he has played in his first and probably last playoff game. Um, Imagine, 40 years old and you're making the playoffs for the first time. Good for him, happy for him, but Carson Wentz continued the trend, got injured in the post before or at, before or in the first game of the postseason. Um... And they no longer have Nick Foles to carry through them. Carry yeah. through them. Uh, the Seahawks running game, obviously, they don't have Penny and they don't have Carson, but it was 19 yards. There was 19 yards in total between both their running backs. Marshawn had a nice run on the one, though. Yeah. They, I mean, through. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Everything, oh, yeah. They 19 yards combined between two on 17, 17 carries. carries. Yeah. It's absolutely terrible. Feast mode, um, one of the barbecue in the back yep, of the end zone. Congrats to DK Metcalf. Congrats to Tyler Lockett. They both had pretty good game. Well, DK Metcalf had an outstanding game. Oh, D- yeah. Tyler Lockett had an okay game. Um, for me, this game just came down to, like, I believe, how, it, how Schwab said, quarterback, yeah. Russell Wilson, Josh and then <laughs> Russell Wilson and Carson Wentz. I still have Russell Wilson oh, yeah, and Carson yeah, Wentz. And yeah. then when McCown comes in, it just increased the odds. Yeah. Now the Eagles' defense played well. They held the Seattle Seahawks to 17 points, which is pretty good. Um, and the Seattle Seahawks' defense just played exceptional and held them to nine. I mean, both teams have been plagued with uh, injuries. Yeah. Eagles way more than anyone else. Oh, but yeah. if any other team in the playoffs, the Seahawks, team in the NFL. Seahawks are the second in the playoffs, and Eagles are by far the most unhealthiest yeah. team. All right. Um, the Carson Wentz hit. Everybody is making so much bigger of a deal than what this actually is. Jadeveon Clowney is not a dirty player. Do I think it was a dirty hit? No, do I think that it was an aggressive hit that should have been flagged? Yes. Uh, what do you throw on it? I. Uh, yeah, I throw helmet. I don't. I don't give him an ejection though. No. I. I don't give him an ejection, but people are now going to start saying, "Oh, Carson Wentz can't stay healthy." When you take a hit like that, you're going to get a concussion. When you take that helmet down and hit and you get pounded into the ground, yeah. you're going to get a concussion. And then you got the people that are going to say, well, he shouldn't have been running. If he cuts, I, I, I was talking to Evan about this earlier. If he cuts to the outside, he would have been decked for a five-yard loss by the corner who... Five-yard loss or the game? He didn't know that it would be the game. He had no idea Clowney was even behind him. Yeah, like you can't you can't know that when all you're looking at is downfield. Um, so then his awareness. And he got his legs tripped up and he couldn't go down for a slide. I don't blame this on Carson Wentz. This is honestly just one of those unlucky things. Yes, his injuries in the past were completely his fault. That's just that's just not having common sense. But this is something that you can't do much to prevent. And right, I don't going beyond the whole if, if it's his fault or not. Uh, would it have made a difference? Shows that he is injury prone. 
This more injury prone than most quarterbacks in the league. This injury would have happened to. It wouldn't not, have happened to anyone. But yeah, I'm yeah. Just saying in general, he's been. Yeah, you know, you know, he's seasons. you know he's he's definitely injury prone. Um, and that's that that's scary. Um, to see obviously because he does have talent and he has. And you guys gave him thirty-five million. Yeah, we did. Um, yeah, we 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 gave him a lot of money. Um, because he does have a lot of talent. Uh, that that's been shown. Um, when he's healthy, that can't stay healthy is a waste of money. Yeah. Um, that that's one of the scary things though is that I I do think that if he were able to stay healthy, it the game it still would have gone to the Seahawks. Don't get me wrong, the Seahawks still would have come out with a win here. Uh, that's why I picked them. Um, but I don't think I think that it would have been a lot closer, and I think that. Honestly, I think it could have been a lot more high scoring because Carson Wentz has the ability to drive down the field quick and score quick, and I think it would have given the Seahawks and the Eagles more opportunities. It would have been a lot of higher scoring game. If you don't mind me asking, uh, if you believe it would have been a higher scoring game, do you think the Eagles would have came out on top then? No. Um, Still think the Seahawks. But the Seahawks had a lot of tries, and they failed to get down the field. There's only so and many. And if Carson Wentz is in, you say it's going to be a higher scoring game. The Philadelphia or Eagles are going to score more, and if the Eagles' defense played how they did play this whole game, it would have held the they would have held the team oh. to seventeen, and the Eagles come out on top. I still I still have the Seahawks coming out on top no matter what because no you like you can't give Russell Wilson that many tries. Normally, like the more tries that you give Russell Wilson, the more dangerous he gets. He, he he's he's not the person that scores quick. He inches his way down the field, and he if he gets a fourth down and they punt it. He gives you bad field position. He puts you on the one yard line, and then he keeps marching forward until he either gets in field goal range or he gets a touchdown. That's that's what I've noticed about the Seahawks offense is that they're not the fast scoring offense, but they're kind of like the slow and steady. And if they get you in a fourth down, they put you in bad field position. I personally have to disagree with you because um, they rely heavily on their passing game, as we could see their rushing game was. Oh yeah, dog. But feast mode. Um, the Seattle receiving average yard per play was eighteen point one. Yeah, that is not inching by any means. That is by far well, yeah, above average. D- DK Metcalf just had one of the best games he's gonna have in his career. No, but I mean, so. if we go back, if every single time it's been a passing game that and Chris Carson and T- Penny yeah. were not in, yeah, or they've been injured or battered, it's always been high play, high percentage, not high percentage, but. Higher, higher, like yardage plays. Yeah, it hasn't been like five yard dinky throws or a run up the gut, unless it's on the one yard line for Marshall Lynch to finally break the streak of what happened at the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I just think that no matter what happens in this game, if Carson Wentz doesn't get injured, um, I, I think I think the Seahawks still come out on top by like, if Carson Wentz stays in the game, I think it's a, I think it's closer than an eight point game. Um, what's it called? I think the right answer to the Russell Wilson answer is that Russell Wilson does whatever you ask him to do, and he can do anything. Um, these are this is a heavily um, this team is heavily dependent on the run, but they have to switch that up now because Penny and Carson are out, and Russell Wilson because you have a hall, he's going to be a Hall of Famer quarterback. He's top of the league. He can do that. Um, he's also one of the most accurate passers deep. Um, if he shows it or not, if the team calls runs and dinks, he will deliver runs and it'll deliver like small short passes on the on on the dime but in this game he did have his receivers longs where dk metcalf 53 yards tyler lockett 29 david moore 38 
and Jacob Hollister at nine, and Marshawn Lynch was twenty, but I'm sure that was a, some kind of screenplay. But yeah, those three receivers downfield, where he's going to hit them in stride, and since he's Russell Wilson, he's going to be the MVP runner-up, unless Lamar goes unanimous. I mean, he's had a great year, and he's shown over the last, especially the last two years, but over his whole career, that he can throw the ball anywhere accurate as anybody. Yeah, I don't personally see uh, Lamar not going unanimous throughout the season, but if I, I agree 100%. Russell Wilson is the powerhouse of his team. He's the ox carrying everything behind him in a wagon. All the teams are behind him. I mean, all the team, but his team is behind him. Uh, so if he has a good game, or he, even if he has an okay game, the team is always set. At, they always have, are on a pedestal above the uh, opposing team. Unless the opposing team is on has an equally as good quarterback. Russell Wilson is the ideal franchise quarterback. Gets along with everybody on the team. Gets along with the coaching staff. Isn't a loud mouth. Does whatever you ask him to do. I think like he's he's as perfect as you're gonna get. After the game, he walked up. The first thing he asked oh, Peterson was, "Is okay. Yeah, is Carson okay? That's just like, the most like stand-up he, thing he, he's, he's the nicest guy in yeah. the NFL. He's a, and he's he a stand-up. Up he's a stand-up fr- franchise player. He's just oh, yeah. a perfect role model. Oh yeah. Is there any other closing thoughts you want to say about Wild Card Weekend? Eagles got robbed. My only one would be this, <laughs> the shocker of it was the Vikings over the Saints. It's just, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, ten, they're both 10-plus 10, 10 win teams, but uh, the way that the Vikings defenses came out and was, like, electric from the start, um, just very great game by that team. Uh, Hats off to Mike Zimmer. For me, what happened, Saints? What went wrong? How are you going to fix it? Um, and who is there anybody to blame, or is it just an all-around team effort failure? Also, my biggest takeaway was the Patriots and that coming dynasty out. Might be Dyn- over. The dynasty <laughs> might be over. The fall. Of I the don't. I personally think that it'll stay alive. The dynasty won't be as prominent. They won't go to every other Super Bowl. But as long as Bill Belichick's in the league, There's they will always, always a be. A, they will always be a contender. And I don't know. They might win their division next year, depending on who the quarterback is. Yeah. 